The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, 1949. The final Disney film of the 1940s, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, says the highest watermark for the package film era. The film is composed of two shorts, focused on the titular leads of Mr. Toad in The Wind in the Willows and Ichabod Crane in The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. These shorts mark a penultimate moment of stylization in the Disney lineage. The 40s consist of steps back in animation detail, moving away from the rigidity of the formalist era, and toward a more fluid and cartoonish mode rooted in the Disney short. But as the studio moves past many of the struggles brought on by wartime and many artists develop their craft, they have refined this style with effective simplification and graceful movement, resulting in something new and distinct. Ichabod and Mr. Toad stands well on its own as far as package films are considered. Both shorts are solid and fit well enough together, but the evidence of evolution in context with Disney's 40s and 50s is a large part of what makes it shine for me. Each is a half of the style to come. Willow showing what can be done with anthropomorphized animals in this style, and Sleepy Hollow moving toward the aesthetic of human characters the 50s solidifies. Unlike the previous films, the two celebrity narrators are well attuned to their presence within the film, allowing songs and visual storytelling to take full priority, and when they do interject it is apt and successfully entertaining. Both shorts are lighthearted and charming, but both have brief hints of darkness, especially the latter's conclusion with the Headless Horseman. Visually, Sleepy Hollow is the most representative of the evolution into the classic 50s style in how characters move and act in the usage of flat and simple backgrounds, and it is unsurprising then that Mary Blair's concept art defined the short. The movement and characterization of the animal cast of Willows is not without note, however, as even into the 80s, the studio is indebted to this take on the personification of animals. The Wind in the Willows is the first half of the feature, opening with narration and storybook pages turning to describe the lead, Mr. Toad, as a daredevil who causes problems for his friends and loved ones when he follows his passions. As the film fades into the story, it begins with Toad's friends Ratty and Molly being summoned to Toad Hall, Toad's home that is being run by McBadger. He is introduced to the audience as he attempts to balance Toad's ledger, as he has been racking up fees and costs of damages in his escapades. Shortly after Ratty and Molly catch up to their hectic friend, he is passed by a motor car which becomes his new fixation for the short's runtime. Through a series of hijinks, mostly off-camera, Toad gets arrested for Grand Theft Auto. He claims he traded his estate for the car, but the car was stolen before this deal and he is framed, leading to prison time and prison escape, before he and his friends attempt to steal back the traded deed from the pack of weasels currently in Toad Hall. The comedy on display is fantastic, including a gag where Moly runs towards a hall only to hit what is revealed to be a mirror when it shatters, showing a perfect display of the divide between how Disney gags are distinct in execution from Looney Tunes, even if the fundamental joke is the same. A character hastily painting a passage is beyond the Disney pale, maybe less so in a full silly symphony, but achieving the same punchline through something slightly more believable, such as a mirror being the source of the image, fits in perfectly. The madcap antics in the house are still more cartoonish than anything the hyper-realist mode would allow, but this is a strength of the style's evolution. Some are between Dumbo and Bambi, but unique all the same. The range of the classic Disney style once realized is arguably its greatest strength, though it is traded for the obsessive detail of the formalist era. It is through this style the mice antics of Cinderella feel comparable in tone with the titular character, especially when compared to the rift between Snow White's design and that of the Seven Dwarfs in the studio's first feature. While this first short primarily features animal characters, Sleepy Hollow follows the story of Ichabod Crane, arriving in the titular 1790 New York town as a schoolteacher. His utmost priority once arrived is to flirt with women and receive food from them, which he is very good at despite being jeered at for his silly appearance. While the short has not fully arrived at the synthesis of aesthetic scene in Cinderella, the pieces are there. Ichabod's design is silly, but not so much it feels so distinct from his surroundings, especially compared to the design of Pekka Spill in the previous film. And Crane's romantic interest Katrina overflows with personality through her facial expressions and movement. 
Like the love interest in Pecos Bill, Katrina has no waist, attributed to a slightly more exaggerated design, but already there is a visible focus of the studio in animating characters such that their emotions and thoughts can be easily read or assumed. Katrina's rather specific position of stringing along two men for her own amusement is something that reads through body language and expressive faces. This visible personality can also be seen in Ichabod's fear. The other man chasing Katrina, named Brom, tells a ghost story to frighten his adversary, regaling the crowd with the horrors of the Headless Horseman. Ichabod's rising anxiety is palpable, which is not only valuable for this scene in his loss to Brahm as Katrina laughs, but it builds for the final sequence of the film where he leaves town after dark and every sound and shadow puts him on edge until his fear is proven correct. The tone shift after 25 minutes of flirtatious hijinks can make the short feel disjointed, but it is worth mentioning Ichabod's intentions in chasing Katrina was her father's money, much like the previous women were won over for food. This allows the headless horseman chasing Crane to feel like a hubris for his disingenuous advances, and the visuals involved are incredible. The evocative backgrounds are haunting, and the movement of both horses running and jumping is undeniably impressive, especially when attention is paid to the lighting on the headless horseman, his dark visage and horse outlined by moonlight like a descendant of Chernobog. The imagery is heightened by Ichabod's palpable fear, only escalating as he tries to escape. He appears to be successful, but when looking back at his assailant who is unable to cross the bridge out of town, Crane is faced with a flaming pumpkin speeding towards him. The film's conclusion shows Katrina marrying Brahm and suggests Ichabod could have escaped and started a family elsewhere, but probably not, as a jaunty song about the horseman plays creeping out even the narrator, as the storybook closes and the film ends. While the highest achievement of the package film era is a low bar, Ichabod and Mr. Toad clears it as it is a pleasant and entertaining romp. It is particularly fascinating for its place in the evolution of the Disney visual style as well, which is a beneficial lens that this project lends it. All this work of the 40s pays off as they hit the ground running in their next release, reinventing their stake in princess stories and fairy tales 13 years after the debut of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Next up, Cinderella, 1950. Please go to ghostofjoe.com to see all these essays. You can also find a link to this one directly in the show notes of this upload. And there you will find in-text citations and works cited. And share it with anyone who you think cares a lot about Disney animation. You can also find myself on Twitter at ghostofjoe, ghostofjo. The music used in this audio version is from The Skeleton Dance, a Disney Silly Symphony short. Thank you for listening and reading.